Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast with your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. Hype train behind the producer Mike. He is back. He has made his way. He has he has infiltrated the TDN Fantasy Show. He went from the draft dudes. He's now made his way onto the TDN Fantasy Show. We got intern Hanky Poo behind the scenes here. Let's just start. We got to get that out there because we're eventually we're going to definitely hear from Linda C today. I know we've at least gotten three letters since our last show. So just got to make sure everybody knows Hanky's behind the scenes. Shoop, hype train. Welcome, man. You're, you're producing. You're not, you're not going to be talking as much, but uh, the lovely listeners need to need to hear from you up at the top. You got any words of wisdom coming out of this, coming out of this Sunday? Hello, everybody. The hype train will have a take by the time the show is over. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh God! For me again, brother. Play that music. Play that soundbite. <laughs> Chris, you know uh, silence is terrible for. for each, I was gonna say this is you're honestly gonna amazing. You're one hype train. Come on, this is why you got Wally Pip the first time. Yeah. You guys can't hear it. I can hear it in my ears. So I'm a no. terrible producer. Awful producer. Honestly, this is a t- truly incredible moment on the show. Wow. It's to start off in this way and Jamie to make a Wally Pip joke. So Welcome into TDN Fantasy After Dark. <laughs> Welcome into TDN Fantasy After Dark. Already presented by three rails. very salty hosts for various yeah. reasons. Yes, presented by very, very salty hosts. And a ultimately salty producer, that is for sure. Headlines. We're going to kick things off with our headlines. We've got studs and duds that we'll go through right and wrong. And we'll preview Monday Night Football between the Seahawks and Eagles. So, guys, let's kick things off with our headlines. There is a season that has officially arrived, and Jake wants to talk about it. Jake, what is your headline coming out of Week 12? Well, look, for three years now, you get past Thanksgiving, and it all of a sudden becomes Derrick Henry season. He's been a little inconsistent. He's had some highs and lows. They've thrown it. They've whatever. But, what, 127 carries, 178 yards, three touchdowns today. Could have done more than that. It's just – he just gets better as the season goes on, and it's looking good for them getting into December now to make a run. Their defense is not any good. But if they can control the ball and Derrick Henry can run like he's been running, then this is looking like it's going to start going that way. Now the play-action game for Tannehill really opens up. They've got the weapons to make things happen offensively. But it's just damn impressive, man. Every year we start getting in December, we're talking about Derrick Henry season. Yep, and and against a top-tier matchup, right? Against, a, good against a damn good defense. Still a damn good defense. Yeah, so he, he definitely had himself a game and – continuously at a position where people are really trying to kind of go away from that type of a player. He just keeps kind of forcing himself back into the top of the conversation. There's definitely with how the MVP conversation has kind of been all over the place. I have seen many people starting to say, Hey, you know what? This team wins this division and he continues to play like this when it matters. There's, there's something to that conversation. So if you're and fantasy wise, obviously 
he's your MVP and you're feeling really, really good about that. Jamie, another running back back in the lineups and people are happy because as per usual, the running back position this year has been very tough and uh, nice to have this guy back. Yes, and before I get into him real quick, I want to I want to cap off the Derrick Henry discussion with this. His schedule for the rest of the year, home Cleveland, at Jacksonville, home Detroit, at Green Bay, at Houston. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, as I wrote about my 20 thoughts column today, there's no way he's not the RB1 from here on out the rest of the way. Like he is going to be the number one running back in fantasy and beware if you face him in the fantasy playoffs and beware if you face this guy because Austin Eckler is back, baby. And so much for having a limited workload today. He has, check notes, 25 touches. 16 targets from Justin Herbert in this game. Uh, looks like he's just fine, is going to enter about a much better offense than what he left when he got hurt a while back. Uh, he is right back as an RB1. Like just plug in, Hopefully you plugged and played him this week, plug and play him the rest of the year because with that sort of workload, I don't, I don't expect him necessarily to get 16 targets every week. He's no J.D. McKissick, but uh, I do expect him to be heavily involved in that offense a lot and be an RB1 and probably a top half RB1 in most matchups. Yeah, good to see him back. As I said, so many injuries at that position this year. Nice to see somebody back that a lot of people are counting on and good to see him back and playing a part, even though Anthony Lynn said he wasn't going to. I don't trust Anthony Lynn at this point, but that's for another conversation. My headline. And I know, Jamie, he is your stud, so I will let you get into it more. But I was one of those people, I held on to Debo Samuel throughout this year as he's dealt with his different injuries. And man, oh man, am I happy to have him going into the fantasy postseason. 11 receptions, 133 yards. This offense, it doesn't – Kyle Shanahan is a, is a freaking magician, okay? It, I don't care. It doesn't matter. He makes things happen. This Rams team coming off of their win, they're feeling themselves, and, and the Niners do not want to go away, right? They get a couple of pieces back. They're not going to be at full strength. We know that. But having Debo back was definitely a spark for this offense. Raheem Mostert, a spark for the offense, some of their defensive guys. And it doesn't matter because Kyle Shanahan's going to mix it up, and that was, that was seen today. And, man, oh, man, I'm happy to have him back for the fantasy postseason. So, knock on wood, he stays healthy because that's been the only issue for him has been his injury issues. So, Jake, I was like, uh, it looks like he wants to hop in, but it's – You know I love Kyle. I mean, that's – they just – they played – you know what's crazy is, like, we just watched the Rams play an A, A-minus game against the Bucks Monday night. The Bucks maybe play a C-plus game and lose by three. The Rams play a freaking C plus game today, maybe B minus. And the 49ers probably play an A minus game and they, they win by three. Like there's not that much that separates you. You still have to execute and play well on Sundays. I love McVay's comments after the game talking about our quarterbacks got to play better. Maybe somebody will take that to TMZ. Who knows if that's national news. It doesn't have involved Tom Brady. But uh, I, I just, man, Kyle, Kyle never, when we picked that game, and as soon as I said, yeah, I'll still take it, I went, oh, shit. I, I, you guys know how much I love Kyle, man. He's just a damn good offensive coach. Well, look, when your offensive line plays that well, it's hard not to be successful. I mean, mm -hmm. they got some damn studs up there. Yeah, it's uh, it, he's he puts on a coaching clinic, and we joke about the fact that he can pick guys up off the street and make stuff happen. But it's Nick Mullins. Like, I, let me ask I, you guys this: Who gets left out of the NFC West? Cardinals with a bad loss today. Niners are still up against it, but they play them again. The Cardinals got to play the Rams twice. Listen, yeah, do the, the 49ers now. get that seventh seed and the Cardinals are sitting at home? Yeah, I'm of the mind now that Arizona is, is not only not a lock for the postseason, I think I would have them on the outside looking in. Like, I, I think agree. they can definitely get caught by San Francisco as they're getting healthier. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're very good, but you know, Minnesota can still do things enough, and they're only a game back. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a real race I think for the 9 final and 7 spot could now. get that seven, that seven playoff spot. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting discussion. I saw that the end of the – and then we'll move on to studs and duds. But at the end of that first half, when Cliff Kingsbury chose not to kick the field goal and go for it on fourth, fourth down, I, I knew that was going to come back and bite him. I, 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 on the road in New England, I'm looking at him going, man, you really want the points. I know that's not – the analytics say you go for it. It's just another case in – He did it again, by the way, in the third quarter and got bailed out on a penalty. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep. Like, and it's, it's not, it, it was one of those situations where you're going, man, you're on the road, you take the points, your quarterback very clearly, as we talk about all the time, Belichick took away what they do best, right? Kyler Murray was not able to run at all. He, he was not running at all. And the, the minor injury, the minor step down for him that we knew was going to exist going into this game had a major impact. It did. This this team wasn't dynamic offensively like they have been against a below-average football team in the New England Patriots. And it's not just the running. It's the improv. Uh, improv- I can speak words tonight. It's Improvisation. Like, the improvisational running <laughs> from Kyler Murray. Like it's it's yes, they have design runs, and yes, they they call certain RPOs, do all that stuff that a lot of these quarterbacks do. But where Kyler Murray really beats you is when a play breaks down and he's able to move on his own, and is that you know, that quintessential Murray RC car or the marble on ice and all the other references we have made to the way he runs. He's not able to do that right now for whatever reason. There, there are combinations of things, but he is not able to do that right now. And when he is just asked to be a more traditional quarterback, his offense has not put up points. And that's not his game. And by the way, some of the issue, and again, I, I still like Kyler Murray. We're, we're, we're criticizing in a, in a sense of, as we've always talked about inside the context of taking that next step, being an MVP conversation, which he's obviously no longer in, but in that sort of lens, a lot of these things are coming back to bite him. He is getting a ton of passes batted down at the line, which is always an issue to be worried about for a quarterback of his size. So there are a lot of these things that are happening now when he is not able to do the best parts of his game, which is when the play breaks down and when he's able to improv, nobody can catch him, but he's not able to do those things right now. And this entire team is a complete mess. And it's not just, by the way, it's not just Kyler Murray. This entire team is a mess at the moment. Uh, If if we would be, and I kept, I said this two weeks ago. I said this last week. I'm going to say it now because context matters. If we don't have that Hail Mary catch, we are discussing the Arizona Cardinals in a completely different light than we have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they don't make that catch. Like they, they, and then uh, I'll give them full credit for that Seattle comeback. Like, they made that happen. They made plays. But that Hail Mary doesn't happen. We are talking a completely different scenario, not only playoff-wise, but discussion around Cliff, discussion around Kyler Murray, discussion around this defense. Everything as a whole changes. That one play has bailed them out from a lot of the criticism that I think they're going to start to get this week. Yeah, they, as, as they should. And Cliff should start taking some heat for some of these coaching decisions that have not panned out in multiple games now that we're talking about. All right, guys, studs and duds. The studs brought to you by Manscaped. Jamie, this is your this is your platform. Take it away. Absolutely. Well, Linda C certainly thinks somebody on this show is a stud, and that is Hanky Poo behind the scenes. But guys, you know what tomorrow is, right? It's December. I can't believe we're already going to be there. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Time to listen up because untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself. The package for your package, as Jake likes to say, this holiday season, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new lawnmower 3.0, as Jake has told you, and as I've shown you on the show, uh, it's a pretty darn good product, a major upgrade over their last model. You got the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant that we already know is a favorite by Linda C because Hank's smelly balls, they're a thing of the past now, right, Hank? You can't speak because you're on mute right now for no other reason. They're a thing of the past. They're a thing thing of of the past. They are just like the Bears' playoff chances. They are a thing of the past. But the other piece that is really nice that I showed you in the set a couple weeks back is the Crop Reviver, which was – Jake turned me on to this, this the ball toner. Uh, that it's just a couple stuff, spritzes, man. air – it's great. Uh, if you have not tried it yet, try it now. The, the Perfect Package 3.0 comes with all three of those things. You also get a pair of boxers. Uh, it comes in an awesome little package that I, I was able to display – on one of our shows a couple of weeks back. And the best part is you can save 20% and get absolutely free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code TDN. That is TDN at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Don't, don't, have, don't walk around with untrimmed pubes, smelly balls. Don't be bat winging. Don't be any of that. You can solve all that, whether it's a, a gift for the man in your life is a gift for a friend. Gift for yourself. Treat yourself this holiday season. We're all kind of stuck inside. And as I've said on previous shows, a lot of the most fun activities we're going to take part in right now are going to be indoors and behind closed doors. So you got to be prepared for the action and you can't. And do don't it. cut your nuts. No, you do not want to do that. 
so Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0, use the code TDN at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Free shipping, 20% off. Be a stud. Don't be a dud. That's the message coming from the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Linda C. approves. Linda C. approved, as, uh, as is approved by all Cougars in the city of Scottsdale, Arizona. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm quite sure there are many listening to this podcast. All right, guys, let's start off with the studs. Since we just talked about Manscaped, you want to be a stud? You, you got to use Manscaped. So, Jake, this stud has been elevating throughout the year a rookie Phenomenal performances with Adam Thielen out. Man, oh, man, he had himself a day. That's really why I wanted to go here. Adam Thielen being out, he's a rookie. He had to step in the number one role. They have a big comeback to win this game. You guys watched it in this game. Jeremy Chen has back-to-back touchdowns for the Carolina defense. They go up. BB muffs the punt, and then he catches the game-winning touchdown. But the guy they relied on was Justin Jefferson. 13 targets, 7 catches, 70 yards, 2 huge touchdowns. I think pro football focus still has him rated as the number one receiver this year, period, not rookie. And he's damn sure like the number one guy against man coverage. He just has moves, man. Those dance moves go right into his route running ability. (laughs) And he's turning into a damn star. I mean, he really is. It was a very impressive. And this is looking good down the stretch because I don't like they're going to have some matchups. We're going to have to throw it a bunch. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. He really, as we've talked about, how long it usually takes receivers to come along. He's come along very quickly. Uh, has looked like a really, really crucial piece for this Minnesota Vikings team, and they definitely don't win this football game today without him. So, and and for fantasy owners, uh, definitely somebody you got later on, and are really, really happy that you got in your drafts. Jamie, your stud. I talked about him already. Take it away. Yeah, I was quite impressed with Debo Samuel coming back from injury. He gets 11 catches on 13 targets for 133 yards. You know, this was a player that coming into the season was kind of starting to flirt with the bottom part of wide receiver two territory before he got that injury that we knew he was going to be out for a few weeks to start the season. Comes back, has a lot of success, gets hurt again. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a lot. This The wide receiver room in San Francisco between injuries and COVID, and it, it's been a mess all year, but uh, this is a player when he's on the field, he is trying to tell you he is a must start fantasy player, regardless of who the quarterback is, regardless of the other players on the roster that are active. But particularly when you not, don't have a chance to throw to Brandon Ayuk and you don't have a chance to throw to George Kittle, like where's the ball going to go? It's going to go to Debo Samuel and they're going to get the ball in his hands a lot of different ways, just more as a receiver when those guys are out. And he's been an absolute stud. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be challenging for a top 25 spot in my rankings next week among receivers. I have to see where that all shakes out, but I was quite impressed with his return from injury. And Raheem Mostert as well. Didn't have quite the good of a day, but both those guys are going to be major players for you down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, very happy to have Devo um, as I saved him for fantasy postseason, hoping that he stays healthy. My stud, Naeem Hines. Team high, 10 targets, 8 of 10 for, for 10 carries and 10 carries. He didn't run that well. But that's that he has become the pass catching option for them, and he's been a consistent piece in this very inconsistent running back room. Uh, very, he's ninth overall running back this week. He's made my list before. A guy that I got way late on in the draft and was really happy. I ended up with on my roster with Chris Carson being injured and some of these other big time injuries to the running back position. Very happy with him. Phenomenal performance from Naeem Hines. Very, as I said, ninth overall running back and will be, has played a part all year long. And even in this loss was, was one of the bright spots for the Indianapolis Colts. Jake, your dud performance. Feels like it was a month ago, but Thursday on Thanksgiving, Ezekiel Elliott laid an absolute freaking <laughs> just awful. You know, and he was bad. 34, 34 yards, I think, and a, and a fumble was his actual stat line. 2.9 fantasy points for this specific show. But guys, the play calling was yeah, it was bad. I don't. I, I, Jamie and I both traded for him in different leagues. Felt pretty good about it the first week back from the bye. They run it. He has like 17, 18 points, whatever it was. And he looks like he's the focal point. They're going to go through and they're going to play action off of that. And they go completely away from that. And it wasn't game flow until late, uh, until the wheels fell off. But it scares me. I don't know. I mean, I, I want to ask Jamie about how he's feeling because like I still I love the fact that he's on my roster. But I, there's got to be a trend here, man. It's like he had one decent week, and then he goes back 2.9 points for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, that ought to be impo- mean, that ought to be impossible. That ought to be the first drive of the game. The usage is ridiculous, and it has been for the most most of this season. Like he'll he'll be somewhere in the RB two realm this week because again, it gets bad quickly. He is going to be a 
fascinating player. And I've already started thinking about this to off evaluate yep. in the off season. And when I do my rankings for 2021, particularly because I don't anticipate there's going to be any major coaching staff changes in Dallas, regardless of whether there should be or not. He's going to be an, a fascinating player to discuss because he has been like a clear cut top five running back the last few years, no doubt. Uh, I think at one point, either it was this season or af- last offseason, we said he's the safest pick in the top five because he doesn't have a prolonged injury history where guys like Cook and even Kamara at times have had some trouble. And we just see what happened to Saquon Barkley. And it was like, if you can't get McCaffrey, Elliott is in the conversation. for my, He might not finish as the RB2, but he's going to be safe. He, one, doesn't look quite like himself. He's not being used in anywhere near the same fashion as he was before. I mean, I don't know where you take him next year. And I know here's people my, here's my biggest ahead, problem, Jay. Like, this is what scares me the most. His offensive line's bad, but Tony Pollard looks like a damn star. Yes, he, he does. Catches, he catches it better. They're playing him on third down. He picks up the blitz. They obviously trust him more. This has almost become a timeshare backfield. And the point it's where Tony Pollard's the one, he's the one hitting the home run, right? And you're paying <laughs> yeah, Zeke $96 say. million. Dollars. It's it's the problem with paying the running backs and then you've got to pay your quarterback and you still haven't paid him and there's all these conversations about what this is going to look like. But the biggest issue with Ezekiel Elliott this year, guys, has been the fumbles. And it's been uncharacteristic yeah. of who he is and it has been a consistent theme for this entire season and it came out of nowhere. This was not something that we were prepared. This was not Chris Carson who we knew had this issue. This was something that was not part of his game, and it is clearly in his head. And there is there's something to this. So I, I yeah, more fumbles be, this year than his entire career. Yeah, we will be talking why. a lot about He's him just this dropping off the season. Ball. Yeah, we will be talking a lot about him this off season because we there's a lot of question marks around Dallas. What's going to happen with Dak? when slash if he's going to be back. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of question marks and what this team is going to look like and how that's going to impact him long-term. And, and I think the important part to remember here too is it was his pass catching that was really buoying him early in the season. He wasn't rushing incredibly effectively, but he was catching as Dallas was throwing the ball a gajillion times because their defense <laughs> couldn't stop anybody. He was catching four, five, six balls. So at the end of the day, he was getting in the Earl's early weeks, he was getting around 20 points. So you didn't notice some of the other issues that were there. Now that that's gone, I mean, you saw what he could do a couple weeks ago. I just, I don't, there's going to be so many question marks around him and what this offense looks like. Uh, We're going to have the will they or won't they with Dak for months. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, this is going to be a very tumultuous time in Dallas for a lot of different reasons. He's going to be a really tough player to evaluate next year. Yeah, and get ready because we're going to hear about it all Constantly. the time. Can't wait. Gonna be gonna be absolutely obnoxious. All right, dud performance for you, Jamie. Uh, sticking with the running back position. Yeah, this breaks my heart, but it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, he's becoming an incredibly frustrating player to own in fantasy. Uh, at one point in this game, deep into this game, he had four carries for one yard. Uh, he ends up getting eleven for thirty-seven. And yes, you could say it's the Buccaneers' rushing defense, and and yes, you don't run on Tampa Bay, but he also had one target. Like, when we think about why Edwards Allaire was such a great fit with Kansas City, we all thought about he's an excellent route runner out of the backfield. He is going to be used as an integral piece as a dump-down option for Patrick Mahomes, and it's never happened this year. He's run the ball effectively at times between the tackles, and we have seen them when they lean on him for 18 or 20 touches a game in terms of carries. He has a lot of, he's had a lot of success, but when that comes, is few and far between. He's almost a non-factor in the passing game for the most part, which is not something I anticipated at all. I mean, he's, he's going to be ranked as a risky RB2 going forward. Like, he and Zeke are going to kind of be in that same boat as those mid-level RB2s that you can't rank any lower because they, their possibility for 25 points is still there where you're not going to pull somebody below them that has that kind of a ceiling. But he's an incredibly frustrating player to have right now. And I imagine that's only, again, another guy for next year. It's going to be a tough player to evaluate next year with Damian Williams coming back. Like there's just, yeah. there's so many things about the situation right now. And again, they didn't need him. And a lot of times they don't, but I'm, I'm confused about how little he gets used on a consistent basis week to week. Yeah, definitely a, uh, not a great perform. And Le'Veon Bell's usage in this game where they started to go to him a couple he more times. Better. He looked better. He started to get into a rhythm. I'm going, yeah, this is not good for Clyde Edwards, the owners. 
my dud performance sticking with that game. Uh, and the reason I bring this up is because I looked at the raw. I, I always think this is very curious sleeper. And I don't know if they do this in every league, but that's where I'm playing all my fantasy leagues this year. He's Antonio Brown is rostered in 84% of our leagues. And he is, he was started in 50% of those leagues this week. 3.1 points, a season low thus far, two for three on targets for 11 yards. It just, you saw the, obviously the Buccaneers offense struggled, but as it started to pick up steam, especially in the second half, you saw Tom Brady go to Gronkowski and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and it was not Antonio Brown. And it, and I think that is, that is, people need to get that in their head I and get away from the name value. I know this was one of those scenarios. People were really excited about the potential here, but there is way too many good wide receivers for him to be in your starting lineup. You just, it, it, there are way too many better options that are available. There are guys that are, uh, I looked at the waiver. There are about 10 dudes that I looked and I didn't have to scroll very far that outscored him. It, it's just, he's, he's, this is the least amount he was using the offense. You saw the offense start to get into a rhythm and he was not a part of that rhythm. And I don't think that's a good thing for him moving forward. So Jake, feel free to disagree if you've got feelings no, moving no, no. forward. I benched him. I didn't play yeah. him in one of, my, one of our sleeper leagues. I played Curtis uh, Samuel over him for that reason. I mean, he's still going to be the third or fourth target on a week-to-week basis. Now, he's going to have a role, but his role was to be there in case Mike or Chris weren't healthy. He could yeah. play all over the place. They like Tyler Johnson, the rookie. Scotty Miller's still going to play. Scotty Scotty's still going to have a role. By the way, Scotty's more explosive than AB at this point. He still yep. has that super quick first step, still catches the ball all over the place, but he doesn't run like he used to. Nope. So I don't know about the home run threat. And by the way, he's only been there four weeks. So to have the continuity on a brand new team with no training camp and no offseason, all the stuff we talked about all the time, there was one route early in the game, they ran that wheel route to him. Mm-hmm. Well, he was supposed to be in the flat, not coming so vertical on that play. Yep. And Tom, because he was the hot guy, and you could see Tom say, you were hot. Mm-hmm. He should have flattened that out. And that wheel route, so it looks like Tom just threw a bad pass. Tom wanted to throw it to him in the flat and then have him make that safety miss. That's just that's just a continuity thing. He hadn't been there. Yeah. So no, I'm not disagree at all. I think you're spot on. I yeah. Didn't play I, I didn't play him. Today. I, I I say it because there it's the one position where there is a wealth. Right. There are so yeah. many good wide receivers to play. You just I understand it might burn you once. He might have one breakout performance over the next few weeks, and he probably will. But you're you're going to be guessing. It's not going to be something that you've seen or you're banking on or unless there's an injury. But if these guys all ahead of him are all healthy, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scott, all these guys, you can't have him in your starting lineup. There's just way too many other options. There just are. Yeah, and, no, it's, I mean, they play, they do play the Vikings, the Lions, and the Falcons twice. For sure. For but sure. They should be able to run it plenty good enough in those games that they don't have to throw it to their third or fourth guy. Option. Now, he's, exactly. still, a, he's still a matchup nightmare if you're going to put him in the slot and move around, but they just don't have to do that. So no. like, I agree with you. And Gronk, Gronk played a huge part in today's game. Like you, mm. you started to see Tom build, build. I was like, oh, there's Gronk. Should have played a huge part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving, moving right along. What we got right. What we got wrong. Guys, why don't you guys start with what you got wrong? We'll, we'll oh, shit. start. Hang on. Let me get my list. Yeah. <laughs> We'll start with the negatives and with the positives, uh, and, and then we'll wrap things up with the Monday Night Football preview. So, Jamie, why don't you go first? What did you get wrong this week? Well, look, when the Broncos had a very unique situation today uh, <laughs> that everybody knows about, we're not, we're not going to get into it. But I thought one potentially positive thing for fantasy managers would be that even though you don't run on the Saints well, that the running backs with Gordon and Lindsay, but particularly Gordon, would get so much volume – that you didn't care if they only got like two and a half yards of carry. By the end of the day, they would just have so – I mean, this was going to be – what was that college game? It was like D'Angelo Williams and another guy that just got 30 carries each because they didn't have a quarterback in that game. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like you, you were going to see both – you know, you would see Gordon get 25, 26, 27 carries and go, all right, but even at two and a half yards of carry, he's going to get you a decent enough fantasy day to be a flex option. It, it, it would, there was nothing. Uh, this, this was – understandably so, but one of the most pathetic offensive performances I've ever seen in professional football. Uh, I understand their situation and, and I get it. I'm not blaming anybody for it, but from top to bottom, it, it was abysmal to watch. You got no fantasy value out of any of the guys. Gordon gets 12 carries for 31 yards. Philip Lindsay nine for 20 gets banged up in the game. There's just, I mean, there's just nothing here. 
so I, I really thought there could be an opportunity to get some volume and those running backs might be worthwhile as a, as a flex. You got nothing. Nope. Hey, what I did love in that game though, Paige, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I tend to lean towards coaches are actually smart people that work their asses off and not these stupid ass fan takes. I love what Vic Fangio said. We count on our quarterback room to be leaders of this team. Yep. They put themselves and this franchise and this team yep. in a situation, though this is how we had to go play today. And he even included, they put the situation that the team, the NFL, mm-hmm. he didn't make it excuses like Jerry nope. Judy, come on NFL, you're going to do us like this. Nope. Yeah, you dumb son of a bitch. The entire league's been dealing with the same stuff and nobody's had this problem. I love that Vic came out and said that, put it on his own. You know, some, not everybody likes their coaches calling their players out, but I, I love it. I thought it was phenomenal. And think, they did what they did what they could. I mean, it was not the easiest game in the world for the Saints. They ended up just continually blowing them out. But it, was, it wasn't it was like it was 17 nothing at the half, and they were kind no. of struggling to move the ball. I think Vic is so authentic in a world that isn't authentic. And that's what I always appreciate yeah, it's about hard Vic. To do that anymore. Yeah, it's really hard to be authentic. It's really hard to be genuine. People pretend like they like it, and they really don't. There is nothing that I love more than hearing my head coach call out exactly how it is. Because the reality is the expectations are higher for the quarterback position, period. And the expectations should be at the highest with everything that is going on this year. If you're questioning whether or not, oh, by the way, which you are, if Drew Locke is the guy in the future, right? You're questioning whether or not the, you have the intangibles, you have the extra things. Guess what, Drew? We haven't seen you show it on the field. And now we have this part of this, right? We have all this extra stuff going on in that quarterback room. And the expectations are that you are going to lead by example. If the quarterback room isn't taking it seriously, how the hell are you going to expect that the rest of the team is taking it seriously? So I loved what Vic said. Vic's 100% right. And the only times that there have been issues in the NFL is when the protocols have not been followed. So I hope everybody realizes that because when you follow the protocols, there haven't been issues. The, the, the protocols are there so that there are no major outbreaks. But when the protocols are not followed, this is what happens. And I love that Vic said, you know what? This is the situation we were put in because of, us, because of what we did to ourselves. And that's the truth. And I, I love that from a head coach. I think I that's exactly what you want to hear because it's it's the truth there's nothing there's no sugarcoating that situation and i love that from your head coach let's get into what i got wrong yeah let's go go ahead clear my hang on let me clear my throat (laughs) because this is going to take a little bit let's see uh colts got that big time wrong uh the giants backdoor covered that lock flew out the window the patriots beat the cardinals got that wrong uh falcons beat the shit out of the raiders we all got that wrong uh, 49ers Rams. We got that wrong. What else did I get wrong in the early games alone? Oh, Jacksonville backdoor covered the Browns. We got that wrong as well. Somehow I still got like six or seven games against the spread, but that was a freaking ugly, ugly morning. Uh, the biggest one, I just thought the Rams were going to be played better than that. That was, that's the one I, I wrote down. And then the, uh, in our Slack channel, I just, they just didn't, I mean, they, like I said, they played a minus game Monday night football. You think they're, they're riding high and they got hit in the mouth. And they, they got to do some soul searching because that one I got wrong. And I'm, I'm not sure who's coming out of that division. I'm not sure who's good in the NFC at this point. Yeah. A month ago. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, I'm not sure who's good in general. I think the Chiefs are good. And that's, uh, I know that. And I don't, I don't really know. Uh, it, there's, there's a lot of question marks, I think, around a lot of people. Um, the Raiders, to me, were probably the biggest. Pittsburgh biggest is question your question. Mark. Henry, no, yeah. You want to go back through their schedule? Yeah. <laughs> They're undefeated, but you would say they're good. I think yeah, the, they're the, good. They're not great. Nobody is head and shoulders. No, there are, there are a lot of good teams. Yeah, every team is beatable. Yeah, there's no great team in the NFL right now this year. There's no team I, mean, I go just, just this crazy triangle of the Bucks lose to the Bears yep. and beat the Packers by 28. Yep. The Packers, I don't know what the final ended up just being just now, but it was ugly. It's like 41-25 or something like and that. And the Raiders beat the Chiefs. It almost beat the Chiefs twice. And the Bucks beat the Raiders by 25. Like, there's Yeah, that's the point. It's really like, any given Sunday at this point. And I don't care yeah. who you are. I mean, like, the Bucks didn't play an A game today. I'd say the Chiefs probably played A minus, B plus game today. The Bucks didn't – they didn't play that second half. No. They did, but they didn't play the whole – and they, they lost by three. They threw two picks in the red zone. Like, you, anybody can be beaten. I'm kind of loving it, actually. I love that. Yeah. The oh, Chiefs are going to have a great record, so are the Steelers, but like, 
we get to the playoffs, man, every game is going to be must-see TV, I think. Absolutely. And, and not only is it so wide open, but I think this is the true extra benefit of only having one team on a bye, that you're going to make those two seeds play. Like, yes. they should win. They probably will win. But you're going to make them play on Wild Card Weekend with all this parody. And uh, the one thing I do want to throw out is, like, throw out the Bucs because they ruin all of this. I have no idea what the Bucs are. The Bucs can yeah. beat any team in the NFL. They could, they, they could beat any team in the NFL by three touchdowns, and they could also lose to anybody in the NFL. Like, yeah. I, they, they have been so schizophrenic in, uh, all year. Uh, just they ruined the equation. So I'm going to throw them out for now because again, there's, there's no team they can't, there's no team they couldn't beat by 20. I right? agree. But like they also, they're, it's also been tough to watch at times, especially in prime time. So it's been weird, but I, I, I love that. Like I have a feeling of like, I think X team is going to be in the AFC or NFC championship game, but I can't say it with a lot of confidence. I, I mean, I agree. and, and and you see it in the way that everybody reacts to these games. I, I think that's – I mean, look, we become a more reactionary society in general. I get it. But I think that's why we're seeing so many swings and almost like a whiplash of takes is because these, these supposedly great teams can look so good and look so bad in back-to-back weeks in a seven-day period that we don't really know. And that's what leads to all of this because after every week we go, okay, well, now we think this team is good. We would th- – Four days ago, we had an article, and I, I love Brentley. Brentley Weissman, who does Scouting for the Draft Network, is excellent. But four or five days ago, we have an article talking about that Jared Goff deserves more love, and you just watched yes. what we just did today. I, it's, I thought it was going like to bring the, Ram, the Rams were going to the NFC Championship game six days ago, right? And look uh, what happened today. train. Would you like to revisit that take? This seems like a good time for you to revisit your hot take. I don't think your board's working, Chris. Come I would like to, uh, to make the noise train noise with your the, mouth. You want the train noise? I don't know if the train yes. noise is working. I'm so confused as to why you if guys If it doesn't, then the you have to make noise. the noise yourself. Chris. All right, here you go. Can you hear it now? Yeah. 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 All right. So the train's leaving the station. Um, yeah, I would like to amend that take to uh, nah. nobody in the NFC is good. Remember how there I said the Rams are the best team in the NFC? I'm going. No, to see, that's horseshit. Nobody take. is good. There's eight teams that are good. There's nobody mm-hmm. that's great. There's nobody that's getting yes. shoulders above anybody else. Mm-hmm. Anybody in the NFC can beat the shit out of anybody in the AFC at this point. And the Chiefs included. So are the Steelers. It, uh, I was hoping that that sounder would be available and that you would have something, you know, Chris, you, you'd have you saying last week, the Rams are the best team in the NFC. That's what I need. I need you <sighs> to revisit your, your take because you got cold taked one week later, and that's the point. It's not on you. This is what this year has been. You can watch a team look spectacular, and one week later, you watch them go, okay, if you're spectacular, you take care of business against a backup quarterback without their best offensive and defensive weapon. Because San Francisco still doesn't have Nick Bosa, George Kittle, or their starting quarterback, and you lost. Like, you're not the best team in the NFC because nobody's the best team in the NFC. That's the point. I think this year, more than ever, whoever's hot going yes. into the playoffs, 100%. Hot and healthy mm-hmm. is going to be more important than ever. Like, yep. I think if you've rolled off three or four wins and your quarterback's playing well and you're healthy, I don't know more that it's going to matter. Yes. I don't know that it's going to matter. Like, if you're the wild card, you've got to go on the road for three times. Like, we've seen it happen in the past, but I think this year, more than ever, it's just going to be easier. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I think that's that's really the key is who can get it figured out in December, who can get healthy, and then who can make that run. Who can get it figured out and who can follow the protocols? Just saying, it's gonna. It, this is gonna play a factor, and it's and I mean, how you, about the fact that San Francisco is going to move to Arizona? Yes, they're not even allowed to live in their own freaking state for the next no. month. No. Like, this is this is insane it's unconventional but this is what we have right and it's this is going to be a chess match of the greatest greatest size because you have an extra variable that we do not regularly have and it is semi it's not 100 percent controllable but there are very, very, very good protocols put in place to make it really difficult for it to happen. And if you follow everything to the T, to the letter of the law, you're going to put yourself in a really, really good spot. And the times that that hasn't happened, things have not gone well. And it, I think it will play a part in, in how this goes. And one last note, the greatest challenge is going to be, and I know it's, it feels like it's the moment right now, but it's not. The greatest challenge is going to be the postseason. Yes. And it's going to be, you don't have flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you could say we could, we're going to eliminate the bye week before the Super Bowl. 
but I don't think the NFL wants to do that. Yeah. So it's like, there's not a lot of flexibility here. And if you think, if you think what happened in Denver drew outrage, imagine what's going to happen when they tell a team in the divisional round, you have to go out there. Yep. Sorry. We've, we expanded rosters. We told you about this. You didn't keep people away. You're playing without tight ends. Like by the way, they told you in August. Yes, they're going to send oh, your by ass the way, out there and, and do it. Now exactly. they've already given everybody a, like a bunch of passes, big passes. But, so but they can't anymore. They don't have the wiggle room to give no. passes anymore. If, if this happened in week three, the Broncos are playing on Tuesday night. But it's not week three. Nope. And, and you know what I mean? Like it just it things change. But that's going to be the big challenge. Like because we're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to get through a postseason here, and they're not gonna de- like they're they might be able to delay a game one day, but. This is going to be a major challenge for these teams, and we're going to see who's been prepared and who learns from this lesson. Because there were teams all along, like Tampa and like Buffalo, that were prepared with a quarterback away from everybody else in case something like this happened. And other teams chose not to do it. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think all the teams are going to choose to do that now after what they just saw. But it's going to be a fascinating puzzle piece for them to go if they don't do some sort of bubble thing, which does not seem likely right now for the postseason. I, this is going to be a challenge for everybody involved. And the, the, this is the case where, as we said in the very beginning of the year, this might be the year with the most disciplined team, not the best, not the most talented, but the most disciplined team that gets to the postseason wins it all. Yep. And that's, as, as I said, follow the protocols. They're there for a reason. And it, it's going to put people in a much better position. And I think you're going to see that play out. It's going to be very interesting how this factors in as we continue through what is a traditionally flu season in a regular year for a lot of most markets, right? And, and how this impacts what we, what we have to deal with and how, you know, the Denver situation was a lesson. That's the only way I see it. And, and that was, this is how this is going to roll. So I hope you all are paying attention. And I think that's, that's, that's how this is going to continue on moving forward. All right, let's talk about positive things. Let's talk about what you got right. So, Jake, I'll let you take this one first. What did you get right this week? Uh, that the Packers were going to boat race the Bears, but we all got that right. Uh, no, James White I thought would have a solid week and be a very viable option. He's too good of a player with Rex Burkhead being out. As crazy as the Patriots' backfield can be, that speed, that catching ability, two touchdowns a day, I, I think he's – become back, back being a part of that offense. And they didn't throw it very well. I think they were in the fourth quarter before Cam ever went over 100 yards, and he might not have ever gone over 100 yards passing. But James White was just another factor with that speed and that talent to throw into that backfield. Uh, I, w- I would say, and I know I know Bears fans, we're going to commiserate at some point, but if you told me the Bears were going to put up 25 points and lose this football game, I would have told you you're out of your damn mind. I just get like if you told me the bear the Bears offense that has not been able to move the damn ball all year long, if you told me the Bears offense was going to put up twenty five points, I would have said there's no chance. That's what yeah, I would I mean, have look, said. Look, the Packers defense is bad, and a lot of that was in trash time. But doesn't matter. I didn't, there was no part of me that thought the Bears had a twenty five point performance against any defense in them. This offense looked significantly better with Mitch. They at least moved the ball. They had a bunch of bad turnovers. Absolutely. This offense looked way better. You you. By had the way, David Montgomery healthy is a mother. Yeah, and Allen Robinson. Everything should everything should go through that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a terrible performance for a lot of reasons, but I did not believe the Bears offense had 25 points in them, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, Jamie, what did you get right? Two guys from my sneaky starts column. Uh, one of them was just a gut feeling, and that was Jarvis Landry. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on our show on Friday. Of this, We hadn't seen what this Browns offense looked like in normal human weather conditions without <laughs> Odo Beckham Jr. and where, where the ball was going to go now. Baker Mayfield struggled in this game. And you would not tell that by looking at the box score, but if you watch what happened out there, it was not a great game from him, and he's going to have to get better. But with the extra volume, Landry did really good, 8 for 143 and a touchdown, as somebody that is going to be very fantasy relevant for you down the stretch in those matchups because he's clearly the guy. Like They had the opportunity to go to Rashard Higgins at different points. They didn't. Baker Mayfield missed a throw. I'm not joking. I might have had a chance. I think I gave myself a 30% chance of making that throw. If, you just, I don't have to, if I'm not taking the snap – if you just like plop me in with the ball already in my hands in the in that pocket, I have a, like a thirty percent chance of at least getting that ball as close as Baker Mayfield did to Rashard Higgins. Um, so he missed a few of those things, but Jarvis Landry was still clearly the focal. They don't win without him playing that well. No, they don't. 
And so he was – Mike Glennon played – that defense has some issues too with Mike Glennon going down in the field on them a couple of times. Then Latavius Murray. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I know he didn't go into this game with an injury designation, but he's still banged up. They're still limiting his touches a little bit. And I thought they might lean on Latavius Murray once they got up big because Denver wasn't going to be able to put up points. And that's exactly what happened. 19 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. He's a guy in the right matchup, in the right moments, can be a sneaky flex play for you. It has to be a great matchup. It has to be one where you think he's going to get a ton of work. But he has proven he pops up here and there three, four, five times a year where he puts up these really big games. And uh, both those guys were really effective. And I know those guys probably weren't starting a lot of leagues, but probably should have been. Yeah, it's uh, just, well, I want to. I something just my dad just sent me the most outrageous text message about the Bears game, and I w- tried my best not to have a reaction to it. But he, please read it. No, it's not, it's not appropriate for this for this please podcast. Please read it. You guys, it's not you appropriate guys, for this podcast. It must be bad. <laughs> no, there's, we will have to read it at a uh, at a later time. But I'm just absolutely dying. Plato Look, is Plato is train, savage. Like, point hype train for I need a bleep right here and be like. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Plato is an absolute like savage. <laughs> absolute savage. All right, let's end things with Monday Night Football preview between the Seahawks and Eagles. And if I was ever going to categorize a game as chaotic, it would be this game because these two teams, the Seahawks don't play regular games ever. Uh, they especially don't play regular games in prime time. And this Eagles team is the definition of a roller coaster. Uh, so I think this could this could prove to be one of those more entertaining from a fan perspective because I don't have a rooting interest, so I'm just rooting for chaos, right? Like I want it to be as chaotic as possible. As of right now at Bet Online, Seattle is a six-point favorite on the road against this Eagles team. What do you guys think is going to happen here? Let's make some picks. Jake, how do you see this game playing out? I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover that 30 to 23. I think it could be bigger than that. I just think Carson Wentz will fight you to the end. So they're going to keep scoring points and they're going to keep slinging on that defense. This is so much fun. Jalen Hurts apparently is going to have a package to play. That's a real quarterback package. So they don't have the balls to play him, but they're going to play him. I, I don't even know what to do with that. This is not the SEC. This isn't even the freaking Mac. Like, what are you doing? You don't have a, freshman five-star that you have to get in there before his mom gets pissed and he enters the transfer portal. Like this is the freaking NFL. He's either good enough to take the job or he's not. I have no idea what's good, what to do with this. Look, Philly's still like top three pressure in the quarterback and the offensive line for Seattle has not been that good. Russell's going to be running around, but I think he's going to make plays that secondary for the, for the Eagles is still really bad. I can see this being a blowout or I can see this being a close chaotic freaking game page. Like I got I don't think there's any way I can I can sit here and say Philly wins the game or that they keep it that close, but I can see chaos. It sh- it shouldn't be close. It shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. But but these like Seattle does this, man. This is what they do, especially on and like this Eagles team with Carson Wentz. If he if he makes some spectacular backdoor cover of this game, I will not be surprised because it'll again chaos and yeah, it I, wouldn't I, surprise I, me at all. I, no. I want to know if the Seahawks are going to play like they did against the Cardinals a couple weeks yes. ago. Are yep. they going to blitz? Are they going to be bringing Bobby Wagner? Are they going to be bringing Jamal Adams? Can King, King Dunlap get a couple sacks again and rush? They looked not better because they only play that cover three, single high safety, Pete Carroll defense. They play zone, but they don't play that anymore because they can't. They're getting their mm-hmm. asses torched week in and week out. So they're not. So are we going to see this do you not know what you're getting when you play Seattle? Because that would be the first time in the Pete Carroll era that you didn't know exactly what you were getting on 70% of snaps. Nobody's more vanilla than they've been. They've just been really good at what they do. If they're going to do what they did against the Cardinals, I am damn it. I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner blitzing, whew, that, that could be fun. And, and as we've seen, uh, erratic is a good word to use to describe what we've seen from Carson Wentz. It's been all over the place, and I envision we'll get some of that. They're also – Seattle's also getting healthier, Jamie, right? You're getting Chris Carson back. These are some of the they've, – they've dealt with that injury. That injury's lasted longer than we anticipated. They got Carlos Hyde back last week. So they're going to have – what would be a fuller set of weapons for Russell Wilson? Because during that time period, without Chris Carson, without Carlos Hyde, they struggled, right? That was the period of time where you saw Russell Wilson have some of these un- uncharacteristic games. So he's back, obviously, good news for fantasy owners. Uh, do you see them covering six points on the road against Philadelphia? 
I do. And if there was ever a game built for Twitter, it's this. Yes. Because there's no matter what happens in this game, it's notable and it's going to get made fun of. Um, look, one of the underrated parts of that Arizona game, a couple, uh, I guess it was what, 11 days ago at that point. Yes, was the defense, but was their ability to have balance on offense? Because this was a team that went from, they overcorrected. They went from, we're just going to run the ball on first down 187% of the time to let's let Russ cook. And they went just the complete opposite end where they were just, we're not going to have, everybody was just teeing off on a terrible offensive line because, you know, they're not just going to run the football. A lot of that is because Chris Carson was gone. So we, we saw it a little bit correct last week with Carlos Hyde back. I want to see what it looks like with Chris Carson because Philadelphia has been nothing special run defense for the most part. I mean, I, I know they've given up more to like quarterbacks and stuff to running backs, but all, all, any of that, it's nothing special. But to me, the key is going to be balance on offense. And do we see, like Jake said, that, that defensive performance we saw against Arizona? Do they blitz? Can they take advantage of, we're talking about beat up offensive line. Nobody's offensive line is more beat up than Philadelphia's right now. Uh, can they take advantage of that and force Carson Wentz into making mistakes? That, that to me is the key to this game. It's going to be chaotic. I think they cover it. They should cover it. They have the better quarterback in this game. They should be able to have balance. I like what I saw from them defensively a couple uh, in that last matchup and really the last two weeks. I mean, again, relative to where they were before, where they were on an, a historically terrible pace. So they had nowhere to go but up. But this game just feels weird. Like, this is a huge game for both teams. There's playoff implications despite the fact the Eagles' record sucks. And I just – I don't know what I'm going to get from Philadelphia's quarterback situation. No. Like this, this feels like a power struggle. That's what this feels like that's playing out in front of us. I don't know who's making the decisions. I don't know who made the decision to draft Jalen Hurts. I don't know who's making the decision to make sure Jalen Hurts gets in this game and to basically note in advance that he's getting into this game as a quarterback at some point. That they might actually let throw. By the way, Jamie, so, that's a great point because nobody's getting fired in Philly, guys. No. Howie Roseman's going to be there. Doug Peterson's going to be there. Mm. There might be some coaches move here and there, but like, if there's an actual power struggle going on, where does it exist, and what do they do about it? Because and who wins? Well, yes, yeah, because nobody's not getting the, fired. Not the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, not the Eagles in their cap situation. Like it's that one's like it's fascinating bad. to me. But you don't, you yeah. don't do this. You don't have a. You either bench your quarterback or you don't. Like you, yeah. you don't have a package. How how well can you expect Jalen Hurts to play with the same shitty offensive line, with the same whatever weapons, with the same lack of a running game? With no taking, experience, did you have him no, let passes because he was running in, coming in, like running this wildcat shit? Now he's going to have he's, a package to play quarterback? What if Carson Wentz is hot? Are you still going to do that? Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you do with that? And he's still not taking starter reps in practice either. So what are you, like, what, what are you doing crazy. here? Like, again, there's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's one thing to have a specific design package for specific scenarios. Look at the way Jacoby Brissett was used for Indianapolis today. We're going to run a short. We're going to run on fourth and one. We have a specific play we want him to use and stretch the defense. We know, we know Phillip Rivers, it would take him three years to get from this, the huddle to the <laughs> sideline if he was running an actual play that way. So we're going to go, okay, we give ourselves multiple options by running that play to the right with Jacoby Brissett. That's a different scenario than saying, we're going to play, we're going to go Chris Leak and Tim Tebow here and just see what happens. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand what we're doing. Yeah, that's that's doesn't happen. There. I don't know I why don't, I could think of a more f a reference from like the last ten years for that. But here no, we are. No, it's phenomenal. I don't it's know why phenomenal. It's the first thing that came to my mind. But. And I don't think they know what they're doing, Jamie. Like I don't, I don't think they know. It what sounds they're like doing. a stretch, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like a panic to me? Too? Yeah, yes. it, it, it sounds, sounds like, like a panic. That. And it sounds like a I'm doing this just to get someone to get off of my ass. Like that's what that feels like. Like fine, I'll give him a package. Like fine, not the perfect package, not for Manscaped, but fine, I'll give him a. I'll get him in the game. I'll get him three throws. That's what it feels like right now. It's like you're doing this to say like you did it, not because there's a reason for it. And, and again, announcing it ahead of time like this too is. Who are you appeasing? Are, are you appeasing? I guess you're not appeasing season ticket holders anymore, but like the fan base. Of like, oh, we're going to get hurt. So like, what is your, is your goal? Again, is your goal? And there was an article written on the draftnetwork.com about this. Because, and I feel like it rings true now. Is your goal to win the football game or is your goal to win optics? Because it feels like right now you just want to do whatever so, optics tells you. And like, not what if he plays great? And what if he plays like shit? Yeah. Because Carson Wentz is going to play like Carson Wentz. Yeah, we know. He's going to hold the ball too long. Yep. He's going to make yep. some mistakes. He's going to make some unbelievable throws. He's still going to have all of us going, man, that's a talented son of a bitch that just played awful. Like, that's, that's, but if Jalen Hurts plays great, 
what does it say? And if he plays awful, what does it say? Let me tell you, as somebody who knows that this game, as Jamie said, that this game was made for Twitter, there's going to be a lot of emphasis. It's going to be the only game on. It's prime time on Monday Night Football. It's going to create chaos no matter what happens. That's why I'm interested, right? I am interested because no matter what scenario plays out in this game, there is going to be a lot to talk about because there is, it's Philly and it's Seattle and it's Russell Wilson and it's Carson Wentz and it's, it's going to drive a lot of headlines. And if Jalen Hurts does come in and there is a package and he does do well, what does that mean? And if he does come in and he sucks worse than Carson Wentz, what does that mean? There's, there's, it's just, and who's winning and who's losing? Because I think the only loser here is Philadelphia, right? I think the Eagles lose in, in a lot of ways. Uh, but the optics conversation is very interesting that Jamie brings up because I, I find myself questioning what front offices and, and coaches and owners are doing and how much they, how much stock they put into what they're reading on Twitter and Facebook, Here's the thing with that page, which is so that, dumb. that is normally the most asinine thing I've ever heard that I would say that's the dumbest, stupidest fan take of all time offices, you know, front offices, and they don't do that, but they seem like they're doing that. Like, I this know is, that doesn't happen in the NFL. That is a stupid fan take other than that. This really feels like they're going and here's the, Jeffrey Laurie doesn't get involved in this shit. He's like the best owner ever for you guys handle your damn jobs. So who's the one doing this? I, I'm fascinated to know more behind the scenes. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And really looking forward to Monday Night Football, guys. Uh, final thoughts. We've reached the end of the podcast. Jamie, why don't you go first, your final thoughts? Yeah, my final thoughts are it, it's this is going to be a chaotic stretch run for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, there's one more, I guess there's one or two more games. We'll see what if that second game gets played this week. But uh, and then we're entering the final week of the regular season for most of you in your fantasy football leagues. This is really crunch time, and this is where you start looking at the ma- – if you haven't already, we've been encouraging you to look at the matchups and, and get your bench in order. If you haven't done that already, get on that ASAP because we're going to hit playoff time right away here very shortly. Uh, just remember, like this, if you haven't made rules yet, if you're a commissioner out there and you've, for whatever reason, decided not to make COVID rules – please at least make some of the rules for the playoff stretch. I, I would hate to see those out there. As you see what's already happened this week, I would hate to see those out there get lose a fantasy championship or lose a playoff matchup because of late scratches and they don't have enough bench spots. So if you haven't been able to make rules yet, please do so. Please petition your commissioners to do so. At them and at us, at TDN Fantasy on Twitter, if you, they need some like public pressure to get that done. The best teams should win in the postseason, period, end of story. In real life, in fantasy, and you have the ability to set up some rules in place, it's going to take some extra work from your commissioner, but you know what? That's why you want to run the league. You want, you want to be the big dog and run your league and make the rules and be the head honcho and collect the money and do whatever you want to do. You're going to have to put some work in for this fantasy postseason for some of these COVID protocols. So I, I implore you to get those in place. You have a week to work on that before you start to get those fantasy matchups in the postseason. Get it done now. Yeah, it's it's you hate seeing uh, that play a part, and you knew it was going to play a part going in, and all the leaks have adjusted accordingly. So it's very easy to change the settings and get that stuff done. So totally in agreement with Jamie. Jake, your final thoughts. And one other thing I was right about: Ryan Fitzpatrick stands still the best, sure the best option for the Dolphins. I don't give a shit who's on the Tua soapbox talking about optics and doing it for Twitter and everything else. It's the only damn reason he was playing. Ryan Fitzpatrick had more yards passing in the first quarter today than Tua had in his last two games. They have a chance. They are still sitting right there. They're winning games. If they go back to Tua with this thumb injury, uh-huh. I don't even know what to tell you. Other than they, my original thought was they punted the season. Yes, thumb injury during practice. Well, you don't get touched mm-hmm. during the week. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. The other thing is, what the hell is going to happen in the NFC East? The Giants win. They're in first place. But Daniel Dimes, Jones, tears his freaking hamstring. Apparently, it could yeah. be bad. It could be like a month. Did they have anything? They look like the best team. Did they have anything left to get there? Washington just dusted the Cowboys. You'd think the Cowboys are gone. But the Eagles are about to get their ass kicked on Monday Night Football. <laughs> are we really looking at a 6-10 and 10 division yes. winner that's going to host yes. a playoff game? Can the NFL yes. do something about it? Like, that is absolutely absurd that you could be that bad and host a playoff game. Here's the thing. In the year of our Lord, 2020, 
there have not been a lot of great things, okay? There's an opportunity here, NFL. You could write the ship for this year by not allowing NFC East to be in the playoffs. Just literally write them out. <laughs> Just kick them out Change the damn rules. There Relegate. are no rules for this year. Relegate their asses to go figure it out this offseason because they do not deserve to play in the postseason, period, end of story. I don't care which team it is. Oh, we relegate got it, Paige, them. Paige, look at that finger. Put going them out of there. there. Oh, here we go, oh, Hype no. Train. What stupid hot Give take it to, you got what are you going to relegate them to the oh, SEC? Here we, go. here we go, big dog. All right. Ready oh, Lord. Go with oh, me Lord. I'm, I'm go with me here. <laughs> the NFC East team that gets into the playoffs is going to be the only team in the playoffs to have a COVID outbreak, and it's going to ruin the playoffs because they're hosting the game. There you go. I'm done. Oh, oh. my God. Okay. I cannot as, believe as you put that out into the universe. Of the team that's probably going to be the five seed in the NFC yeah. and have to go to wherever this is. I, I just want to say something to you I can't say on the show. <laughs> Here's what I, 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 I you put that in the universe, and if it happens, I'm gonna hype train your ass. That's all. That's all, that's all. Find, Jake will find you. <laughs> oh, I can the worst take ever. Okay, listen. First of all, if that happens, I hope they get. I hope it gets caught ahead of time, and then I hope they're forced to forfeit the game, which then in turn allows me the same victory that I want. Right, which is like they just don't even. We don't have to watch this stupid team because any of their teams are stupid. I don't want to see any of them playing in the postseason, and I sure as hell do not want to see any of them hosting. I know Jamie's going to like this take page. The one team you don't want to play is the Washington Football Team. Absolutely, yeah. I I think that defense, that running game coming on, the way Alex Smith's playing, Terry McLaurin's still. That's the only team that all out. The only team want to play with that front seven. I, I agree. The rest of I them I don't care, but I, I do not want to play Washington. No, I and, and look, there if, are a lot of rooting interests there. The one that I cannot get over is that I will never root for a team owned by Dan Snyder. It is never going to happen. I don't care how much I love Ron Rivera and Alex Smith and all the positive storylines that are there. That dude does not deserve anything positive, so I will root so hard against the Washington football team in that agree game. agree wholeheartedly. I'm just saying yes. they win the division. Whoever has to go there is not going to want to It's play. the only team that deserves it. I, I don't care point. if it's the Rams the that got to go there. The Cardinals that got to go there. The Bucks that got to go there. You Arizona might lose that to that team. team. Arizona yeah, will lose. The Rams might lose to that team. Yeah. Like, I, I – look – uh, we'll see what happens. Th- those terrible division winners have a good record in, in that first round. Like they tend to win those games. Now we haven't seen this bad of a division winner in that stretch. I mean, there've been some bad ones. This nothing like this. Uh, I am, by the way, I'm fully on board across the sports world. We should reseed every post postseason. I agree. I, I have, uh, maybe it's because I'm a millennial, but I don't have any allegiance to divisions. Divisions mean me nothing neither. to me. Nope. I get it for scheduling purposes. Sure, perfectly fine. But in terms of like rivalry, it means nothing to me. You either a rival with a team or you're not. You can be rival with a team that's not in your division. You can be a rival with a team that's not even in your conference. Like to me, growing up and watching football, the I guess it was I was already a teenager at this point, but the best rivalry was Pat's Colts. Yeah. That was the best rivalry I love to see every single year. And the NFL 100%. somehow magically found a way to get that on the schedule, didn't they? Uh, like <laughs> to me, this should be a complete reseed. And that way you, you don't necessarily avoid the problem. Now, I'd be fine with eliminating divisions altogether and just taking the top seven teams and, and seeding them by Boom. record. Let's but go, at least Kenny. if you're going to keep the division, at least then reseed based on record and make Washington the seventh seed and they have to go to Green Bay. You want to know why, Jamie? It has nothing to do with them being a millennial. It has everything to do with show me the best teams. I want to see the best tradition. damn teams Period. I don't care about it. Take your tradition, throw it out the damn window, give me the best teams, the teams that perform the best all year long, that work their ass off, deserve to play. That's it. I don't care what division, what conference, whatever. The best teams deserve to play. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see a team that is two games below 500 hosting a home game. That is asinine. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, they might. They, they might be. It's that's what I'm saying. Like this might be. A, they could win five games potentially and win this division. They might not even get to six and win this division. Like that's yeah, possible. I, I uh, that's we what still, I want. Yeah, five wins is still a possibility. Like it's, has it's there ever low, been a team that picks in the top ten of the draft but win third division? Oh God. Isn't that? There you go, Henry. There's there's well, one well, for you to look up. There, yeah. I don't know. Obviously, you can't do it anymore because of the new rules that they came out. Oh, I believe the yeah, Chargers messed that up for everybody, yes. like, as they usually do many years back. Um, but there was a time where, yeah, you you would just still you would just still pick wherever your record was. <sighs> yeah. 
NFL, you have, you have an opportunity to write some of 2020 in a positive spin. I don't want a home game for the NFC East. Make it happen, Raj. You know what to do. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Arians NFL on the gram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. And on a last, last note, thank you to everybody who participated in the giveaway. It was amazing. I like so greatly appreciate all the people. I loved getting a selfie from uh, one of the guys that got the tickets from him and his mom. They've never been to a Bucks game before. They had a great time. Even though the Bucks lost, it was, it was great that they went. They enjoyed themselves. They had a good time. And, and we were able to raise some money for the Arians Family Foundation. So hoping to continue to do some of these fun things down, uh, down the road. Uh, and you guys will obviously continue to be aware of that as I will announce all of that on social media. But again, thank you guys so much for that. And enjoy the chaotic Monday Night Football game thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.